gentlemen, welcome back to the Demo Tape Podcast. You can subscribe to the pod, to the Demo Tape Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and YouTube. Remember, after you subscribe, rate and review the show as well. Let me know how you're doing. And always remember this. It's not hating if you're telling the truth. We got another great show for you lined up today. I got another guest, one of my home friends, you know what I mean? My boy Jazz, he's going to be joining me uh, to chop up game. We're going to talk, be talking about the El Paso the mass shootings, the El Paso, the shooting that happened in El Paso, and we're gonna be talking about the shooting that happened in Dayton. So the show is gonna get political today. So if your sensibilities aren't steered in the political direction at this moment, then you might want to either fast forward or you or or you know not listen to this episode because we're gonna get heavy. But without further ado, what up, Jazz man? It's been a long time coming. What up? What up? What up, man? Uh, on, chilling, man. My, we- my name's Jazz, San Antonio. You know saying? I was my boy, been knowing him for a couple years now. We made each other in the military. Served together around 2011, 2012. Yep. Been knowing each other for a little bit. Appreciate you having me on, bro. Yeah, man. We got a lot to talk about. We were talking about NBA. Like I said, after we're going to talk about some some serious stuff, but then we're going to get into some fun topics as well. We got a lot of NBA. Got a mailbag of NBA questions from my boy Jazz. He's a NBA fanatic. San Antonio Spurs fan extraordinaire. You know what I mean? He's telling the world about Kawhi. Before Kawhi busted onto the scene, and that's a fact. For years, bro. <laughs> I was banging that drum. You know what I mean? Before Kawhi ever went blew up in Toronto. So everybody beware of that. My boy Jazz was on the scene before that. But before we get into this, um, over the weekend there was two mass shootings, one in Dayton and one in El Paso. I haven't read up on I mean, I've gotten information about the Dayton shooting. Apparently the dude uh is a racist. He's a white supremacist, as well as a dude in El Paso as well. But Jazz, you said you had a lot you wanted to say about the El Paso uh, shooting, so I just wanted to listen to see what you had to. See. I wanted to hear what you had to say about it before I give you my thoughts on specifically the El Paso shooting because that's the one that I was doing my reading and thinking upon. So, what were your thoughts? Being that you know, um, it's relatively close to you, being that you're in San Antonio. That, that just that one, that one in particular, you know, you, you, you see, you see mass shootings happen, you see them on, on the news and stuff like, and you, and never, like, at least for me, you see it and it's like, damn, man, that's crazy, like, this is really going on in the world, this, that, third, like, every day, or every, every week, there's something new, but that one in particular, man, that one, that one hit home for me, you know what I'm saying, not, yeah. not only do I live in San, a couple hours away from El Paso, just the subject, and the subject of why the guy did it, and, <clears throat> I read it in the manifesto that he put out. Oh, sickening, man. see, hear, I didn't get, hear, I didn't read the manifesto. What did he say in the manifesto? Uh, he, he, he talks about the, uh, the Hispanic invasion of Texas and how, how, um, somebody needs to read a history lesson. <laughs> the Spanish, the Hispanic, the real, Hispanic invasion of Texas. Is that what it is? Okay. But go ahead, man. People forgetting who Texas belonged to to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, but he, he talking about he talking about the Hispanic invasion of Texas. This and third, how uh, you know how Texas is fears that Texas is gonna swing blue, it's gonna become democratic because <clears throat> of the baby boomers generation. They that everyone's gonna they're gonna become new voters or whatever and vote democratic. But talking about the millennials, baby boomers is the older generation. Our generation. Well, you said what? Whatever, what, whatever, what generation? The baby boomers is the older generation, like the like I think the generation after World War Two or the World War Two era. The babies that was born during World War Two, that's the baby boomers. I don't know. I didn't read it, but anyway. So anyway. he's basically so basically he was worried about Mexican, the Hispanic population in Texas, and the state flipping to a democratic state from a conservative yeah, yeah, state, yeah. from a Republican he's state. Talking about you know talking about 
the invasion of his beloved uh, Hispanics are going to eventually change policy in third and how it's a it's a threat to his culture and white culture white culture by the way subscribe to his culture yeah it was, it, it's pretty sickening. Yeah, when I read the article about it, the fact that gave me, I think they, from what I read, and you can um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a four-month-old was shot. I don't know if the four-month-old was killed, but there was a four-month-old that was shot. And this dude drove 10 hours from yeah, bro. Allen, Texas to, San, to El Paso to commit this crime. And he purposely wanted to target uh, Hispanics, Mexicans. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what his goal was. And What's so disappointing, aside from the shooting itself, because, you know, obviously that's disappointing, to say the least. That's an understatement. But what's most disappointing about the shooting and is the coverage of it and politicians on both sides, on both sides. I'm not even going to go because I read something earlier when I was reading about it and Beto O'Rourke was talking about gun violence. I'm like, dude, like they don't. It, it, I, I am trying to be more apolitical, even though we're talking about politics this episode. Um but the reason why I'm trying to become more apolitical is because politics is such a fake world. Nobody says anything that's real. So this this mass shooter dude writes a manifesto. And from what I gather from you, and I trust you, he's speaking specifically about killing Mexicans because they're invading the great state of Texas and that they're going to change policies and stuff. So he feels threatened. He clearly was had white supremacist motives. But yet, Beto O'Rourke, the president, and many others are basically saying it's a gun violence issue or it's a it's a... Uh, mental health mental illness issue and the issue about it being gun violence i don't like how they try to pinpoint guns is for one i'm a gun owner i think i'm i know for a fact you're a gun owner i want to own my guns i feel like as a black man it's imperative that i keep a gun on me in this country in this state and climate and time in america and what i don't like about that is guns people kill the people with the gun man it's not the gun itself so if there was no gun for this sick dude he would have driven 10 hours with a car or a bomb or something. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's not just the gun. The gun is not going to stop the problem. And every time something like this happens, whether it was the, the Jewish synagogue getting shot up, Parkland, whatever, whatever, everybody pivots and makes it about gun violence. And I think that's very irresponsible with a country that's had as much racial tension or racial strife as the United States has had to just try to act like racial tensions aren't being uh, assuaged. I think that's the word today the word to use, they're being assuaged or assu like they're being poked at, you know what I mean? And, um, like I said, and, and, and the, 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 the racial history of the past, like you can't, now we're just trying to skip over and say, oh, well, it's just a gun violence issue. But I think when you look at Europe and stuff like that, it's proof that if there's no guns, people would find ways to kill each other if they feel like they need to kill a certain group of people. And Donald Trump, no, he's not doing anything to help it, but I don't think any of the Democrats are doing anything to help it either. So what do you think about that? <clears throat> well, bro, I I, I, I I agree with on what what the fuel for the fire is and how it's racial tensions and the racial divide and the inability to acknowledge that there's a real racial divide in this country by a lot of people. But I do I do however think that gun gun some type of gun control should be talked about. And that's 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 my that's that's I'm a I'm a gun owner myself, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't think I don't think anybody should be able to go to a pawn shop or a gun store and buy buy the same style of weapons during during a time of war. I think the people that have never shot anybody would disagree with you. Like the people that buy those type of guns to, you know, for whatever reasons, but not to kill other people, I think they would disagree. But I don't necessarily disagree, but I think there's a segment my, of people that would disagree. My argument to that, you know, I, I, people's defense of, of, of 
people's defense of you know having guns and stuff they fall back on the second amendment to me the way i interpret when that when that when the second amendment was put place mm -hmm. guns weren't what they are now. yeah the technology definitely wasn't what it is now muskets and stuff like that like you can yeah. shoot 30 rounds in under a minute you know what i'm saying that's true yeah, so I get what you, I, I feel you. As technology, as technology evolves and as we evolve, I, I believe that amendment should evolve with it. You know yeah, what I mean? it should. You get no argument from me there. Um, I just think that some that would be the natural pushback. And then some people would say, okay, so if they can control what we do as far as getting semi-automatic weapons, well, or assault rifles, then how do then could come the crackdown with pistols and handheld, like like you know what I mean, handguns. I, I'm not. I I personally I would draw the line if they if if my handgun was in jeopardy because I like I said my personal politics my personal constitution is one that I feel like it is some I feel like all black men I feel like men Mexican men too Muslim men I feel like everybody that's not a yeah and white men do carry but everybody that's could be a victim of white supremacy police brutality in this country should carry a weapon just for self defense not saying that it will happen. But the people that went to the Walmart in El Paso probably didn't think it was going to happen. I don't know where the shooting happened specifically in Dayton. I'm going to be honest. I do, um, I do know the dude had some real issues. Like he was part of a, a, like a porn band where he would sing about being like doing some having some sexual violence with women. And he had like a kill list. Like he put a kill list. In high school, like he wrote a kill list on the wall, so like he would, he had been, he had been giving signs that he would do something crazy like this. This is the Dayton, the Dayton shooter, not the not the shooter uh, in El Paso. I don't know what I don't know much about the shooter in El Paso besides the fact of that he drove the ten hours. He obviously staked out, from what I could gather, he staked out the Walmart, and he wanted to kill Mexicans. Yeah, the dude, the dude, the dude in Dayton is Connor Betts. That's his name. And they defending him, like right? They're defending the dude Connor Betts. They're saying things like he got bullied in school, and and that's another thing that makes me mad. It's the coverage, man. It's the coverage. When the incident happens, there's not much that you or I or anybody else in the world can do to stop the incident from happening, from happening one way or another. I'll, I'll put that. I'll put that out there. One way or another, the incident's gonna happen. But the thing I like is this: when the when you turn on the TV, and I don't really watch much TV, when you turn on the TV and you see how it's being covered, that's what really gets me down. And the, the newspaper articles try to humanize this guy, and it's like, yo, man, y'all realize he just killed like nine people. You can't humanize a guy that killed nine people. That's irresponsible to do that. I don't care if he was bullied and shoved in lockers and peed on. Like that's not an excuse to go and get an assault rifle and kill people. That's just not. You know. I agree with you, man. Yeah. So. He, uh, but you, do you have anything else no, you want? I, I, no, I want to tell you though, bro. I heard you, the way you described the, the shooter in El Paso, he went, he drove the 10 hours to Walmart to kill Mexicans. And, and I, I want to tell you that I appreciate the way for you, for you, you acknowledging that he went there to kill Mexicans. Yeah, that's what he did. That, that is getting lost a lot. Yeah. I read a lot, a lot, a lot online and I see a lot of news and the description is this man went to go kill Latinos. He killed, he went to go kill, uh, Latino immigrants or whatever, and that 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 madness because he didn't go he didn't go to kill Dominicans or Cubans, Cubans yeah Puerto Rican he, he, you know what I'm saying like he went there specifically to target Mexicans because in his manifesto he describes him as invading invade an invasion invading his his beloved home home state of Texas you know what I'm saying yeah it's just, it's just, that's just it's just that, that that really irritates me. It's unconscionable to think that they could, they yeah, would do that. You know, he didn't go there. For that. Yeah, this wasn't some mentally. I mean, 
to say that he's mentally ill, I guess you could make that argument, but that shouldn't get him off from any for any crime. And specifically in the El Paso case, they're seeking the death penalty, which I'm in favor of in this specific issue. I know you have issues with that, and we'll get to that in a second. But the fact, like you said, the fact that you could that they would try to spin it any other way, but besides like, yo, this is racial violence. Just like the guys that just like the guy in Pittsburgh that went up and shot the synagogue. Like, yo, man, there's no other way. Just like the guy that shot the church up. There's no other way to slice it, but we have a racial issue in this country and it's not new. We've been had it. We could keep trying to like lock arms and pretend like it doesn't exist, but it exists, man. White supremacy is the greatest threat to America. It's not black men who listen to rap music and smoke blunts. It's not Mexicans who cross the border looking for jobs. Like it's not that. It's white men who feel like they're losing their ground in the country or they're, they're somehow what they're entitled to is going to people of color, welfare stuff, affirmative action, like whatever that, whatever they think in their world is happening. Cause I don't know. I'm not a white peopleologist. I don't study them and, 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 and try to figure out what's going on in the world. Do I think whatever's going on in the world is pretty bad? I'm sure to think that you were supposed to be getting things and getting a leg up in front of people of color who you've been taught your whole life are inferior to you. And now you see them coming up and you not coming up. I guess that would make me mad too, but we have to, we have to talk about the real stuff, man. And, 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 and saying that it's a gun violence issue, saying that it's a mental illness, mental illness issue, a mental health issue. I can't, I don't, I, that didn't sit right with me, period, because you can't, that's not the reality of why these shootings are happening. These shootings are not mental illness motivated. No, they're racially motivated killings. And until the president, and I know, you know, he has his issues with speaking the truth. And even the, like I said, Congress, man, everybody in Congress, Democrats and Republicans, independents, black people, Mexican people, they're all cowards up there to me, if you ask me. White people too. Everybody that's in Congress is a coward because they should be speaking up on it. And even if they do speak up on it, it's kind of like half-assed. And I'm, mm, it's just very frustrating to me, man. So, man, there is no excuse why. If if there if 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 it was a, if it actually was a control issue and that it uh, that is all it was entirety, there's no excuse why a Congress wouldn't have already acted or wouldn't have got something. Past, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. Because that's all they're trying to throw out the gun control issue for people who are gun control advocates who maybe have lost somebody close to their gut to, to gun violence. And they're trying to get those people just to stir up votes. And it's all a big game. And that's why I can't respect it. Because it's just all a game. And every most politicians, I'm not going to say everyone because I don't know every single politician. But when I watch them on television and their ulterior motives are very clear. And they're just disingenuous. And anytime one of the best ways to tell which politicians are phony and fake is when a tragedy happens. And you sit there and you watch what they say and how they frame it. And you can tell who's a real politician and who's a fake. And most of them that are coming out here are saying mental health and, like I said before, and, and gun violence. And I, it's never going to help us move forward to the nation that we are supposed to be, quote unquote. And I say that with air quotes because I don't – a lot of people on Twitter and, and Facebook, when, when tragedies happen, they always resort to the fact of, like, this is the America. This is not the America that I know. And my question yeah. is – huh? What America do they know? Yeah, exactly. The question, my question is, what America have you known? Because there's only been ever in his since America has been founded, there's only ever been one America, right? Yeah, for sure, man. So I'll let you get the last word, uh, Jazz, on this subject. If you have anything else to say to close it out, and then we'll move on to uh, some of our more fun topics, so we can. Um, for me, bro, I think that just the one thing, man, just 
you know, I, I have a daughter. She starts going soon. I, I've never been more worried about. I'm worried about this. Like mm. I, I see these things happen on TV, and, and I'm not worried about myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I, the the in 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 the in the shooter that did the El Paso thing in his manifesto, he talks about how uh, how there's no shame in picking from low line. Uh... And and just to to hear to hear someone think like that's okay you know, like so it, there's no shame in attacking a school because there's no security guards there so you don't have to worry about someone shooting back at you like to hear yeah, he's a coward guys, man it's just it's sick bro it's sick he's a coward and man it really terrifies me man that the opacity thing the guys just be targeting mexicans i live in a city where it's predominant that's that's predominantly who's here this yeah. city is a predominantly mexican you know what i'm saying yeah it's just it's just it's just scary bro it's just a scary scary thing scary thing that we live the scary time that we live in definitely you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and for me for me man I, I don't know what needs to be done as far as like congress or whatever whatever laws need to be passed or whatever but i think i think it starts with acknowledging that there's a real racial divide and there's racial hatred in this country and there has America. been not not just acknowledging it acknowledging that there has been since its inception acknowledging that every gain that the country has come has that every gain that the country has made, whether it be territorially or whatever, has come at the cost of some, I don't like the word minority group, but as some other ethnic group. So yeah, you're right. Not more than just acknowledge it though. We have to really, really like, understand that this thing is four dimensional, that we're living it. We're not just, it's not some abstract concept just cause you're, you know, you're 21 or 22 or 19. And just because you don't feel like, you, you don't see certain signs or whatever the case may be. The energy is still there. The, the the ideologies are still there. And until we learn, man, we're never gonna. It's never gonna change. And you just gotta button up your your mental. What am I trying to say? You gotta get your mental process right as a as a as a Mexican person or a Muslim person or a Black person in this country and understand like this is what you're gonna have to deal with until you're not on this earth anymore if you choose to live in this country and other countries too. But we live in this one, and I don't know. Yeah, man, it goes way beyond just acknowledging, though. I just want, and I want to make that point very clear. It's way, oh, for sure. it's not just acknowledging because people can acknowledge stuff all day. Your husband, uh, man, cheat on his wife. Yeah, I cheat on you, but are you going to change it? Do you realize that it hurts me? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to acknowledge something, it's another thing to do something about what you acknowledge. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, we need to do something. Like, I, mean, I don't even know what we can do. I'm with you. Yeah, it does start with acknowledging, but I'm with you. I don't even know what we could do at this point. Like, I don't know what could be done. I don't know because, you know, this has been a this has been a battle that's been fought since before we were born, since before our parents were born, since before our parents' parents were born. Like this is not a new battle. Yeah. For sure. yeah. All right. So before we get into our next topic, I wanted to pause for a second and remind everybody that if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to the Demote Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and YouTube. Just search Demotape Podcast. All right, Jazz man, we're gonna get into the next topic. What we came here for? Um, we're gonna talk about NBA, man. I haven't talked to NBA with you in a minute. I've been trying to get uh, you on the podcast so that we can discuss NBA because a lot of stuff has happened and I know how passionate you are about the sport and um, I just want to get your thoughts. That's all. So you ready? Hello? Let's go, bro. Yeah. All right. So first thing I want to talk to you about is uh, the f your, 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 what is the free agency move that happened that you like the most and the free agency move that you like the least in the NBA? Mm. So I think the free agency move that I like the least is Milwaukee letting go of Malcolm Brogdon. You said Milwaukee letting go of Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, because I think I think that I think that takes that takes 
that takes Milwaukee from being that number one seeded team. I think that drops them in the East to like You said it drops them. I can't hear you, bro. You said what? I said I think it drops them from a number one seed to the third seed. Drops them to the third seed. I'm sorry. I said third or fourth. I think Giannis needed that extra shooting. Yeah. But they did sign Kyle Korver. True. But Brogdon was such a, he was a young point guard, man. Like, what? And he was a 50-40, he was a 50-40-90 guy, too. Uh, yeah, he's hella efficient. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, the Malcolm Brogdon to Indiana move surprised me, too. When I saw it, I was like, yo, they let Brogdon go? I, yeah, I really thought they were going to, I don't know why, bro. I thought, I thought he was. So, what's next for them, then? What's next for who? Yeah, so who plays the point guard on that team? Now that, now that we're here to talk about it, like, who plays the point guard on that, on that squad without Brogdon? Said what? Who, who plays the point guard without Brogdon? Yeah, who's the point guard? Is it Eric Bledsoe? That's your starting point guard? Yeah, yeah it is Eric Bledsoe. Wow. But they signed, um, I think they signed, they signed, they signed a European guy, didn't they? Yeah, they, uh, they signed, um, oh, To the European guy? No, it's not, no, it's not, no. They signed Dragon Bender. I'm thinking about going Dragon. Yeah, Dragon Bender's trash. Dragon Bender, he's trash. Yeah. And, and they so. Got, hey, they got Giannis's brother, though. Yeah. He ain't done. He ain't done. He ain't Giannis. He ain't the MVP. <laughs> why, why, why he can't? I'm not saying he can't be, man. I'm not. I'm not saying he can't be. I just he's. I mean, he's been in the league before. They, I think they got into the league before Giannis. I mean, Giannis is the MVP, bro. Giannis is the is the focal point. You're right. They do. They do have shooters around him. They have Corver. Mm-hmm. They signed Middleton again. They still, yeah, they re- retained Middleton. So that was they retained Brook Lopez. You said what? Brook Lopez. I'm not a big old Brook. Well, he, he's a shooter. He shot. He shot. He can shoot threes. He can stretch the floor. But but a dude like Giannis who can't shoot to save his life. And they got Frank Mason the third. Well, they signed him to a two day contract. They signed Frank Mason the third to a two day contract. And, and they resigned George Hill too. That's oh, that's who their point guard is. Yeah, that's their backup point guard anyway. Ah, you know what, man? One thing I noticed about George Hill, he's always on a losing team. Yeah, but he's always on a team. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue that. I won't argue that. Whatever team he on, they do in the playoffs. But you need to win the chip. And if it ain't about the chip, then there's no point. Well, well last year, the season was a failure for them because they didn't get it done. For sure. You got to win. If you don't win the chip, it don't matter. So what move So what move did you like the most? All right. So this 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 is a difficult because I'm a Spurs fan through and through. But I like that Kawhi Leonard win with the Clippers, bro. Really? I like that. Yes, I really do. Because I, I feel like... It brought parody back to the NBA. The NBA's wide open. Like I really like that. I mean, he could he he could, honestly he could have stayed in Toronto, and I would have liked that for the Lakers. But I like that. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that you're saying that because you're a Spurs fan. Yeah, for me, that's my favorite move too as well. My favorite move is Kawhi going, because man, and me and you have been texting about it in the past couple of days. Yo, man, I've been a blind witness, and that's one thing I want to admit to you. I want to admit that to you. Before everybody, my audience, you know what I mean? I want to tell you, Jazz, I've been wrong about LeBron for years. I've been a blind witness, bro. I've been caught up in all the stuff that he does off the court. Oh, he's a good philanthropist. He built a school, da-da-da-da. Man, I'm over LeBron, dude. I'm over it. I'm over his drama. I'm over him, his start, his need for attention. And so Kawhi going to the Clippers, I love it because he's standing up in LeBron's backyard. He's about to bring the funk to him every day. Every day, LeBron going to have to deal with smoke. And that's what LeBron needs, man, because I'm, you know, man, you're right. Everything you said about LeBron was right, man. Three and six in the finals. Listen, I used to always be like, every time you would say that to me, I would say, but he won three. And I still believe that. You're a winner. LeBron's definitely a winner. I'm not going to say nothing like he's not a winner. But he lost six times. 
And he's probably going to lose some more. And that does have to, something does have to be said about that for LeBron. Like, dog, you lost. You, what, you won back-to-back championships one time? One time. You've been to the finals nine times, bro. And you won back-to-back once. And you never went, you didn't go back, you went, you've been back-to-back. Okay, okay, okay. But you've come up short a lot, man. And yeah, the, 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 the Cleveland series with Golden State was great, but I'm over it, man. I'm over everything. I like what David Griffin had to say about him, too, because he was basically telling the truth. I like that. Just the, all the attention that he gets, man. I'm over it. And then, you know, the, you go to the Lakers. I, yeah, you know, it's like what's his psyche? He's like LeBron, and then and that's another thing why I'm over LeBron too. It's just last season, man. He was terrible. His season was terrible. I know he got hurt, but he was he he was his team wasn't playing well. Even when he was on the court, they weren't playing well. But every time I turned around, I saw LeBron on some show, or he was saying something, or and I'm like, dude, like, dude. And I like LeBron. And one thing you even have to give me, Jazz, that you even have to say, if you look back through the years of me being a LeBron fan, I was always about, like, the basketball. Like, that's what made me like him was what he did on the court. Now, you could argue what he did on the court was overrated, but that's what made me like him. And once that started to dip, and I'm seeing that, like, yo, really, dog, he's a prima donna. Like, he just, like, he wants to be a star. And I'm like, he's he's A&R and 2 chains rap album and stuff i'm so i'm happy Kawhi's gonna make it about basketball this year it ain't about your show it ain't about the shop it ain't about your anr you rap it go to the league it ain't about your movies it's about nba lebron and Kawhi. you're right that was the strongest move right there yep he put he put the he put the king in check bro yep it's like a chessboard he put him in check (laughs) and the one that i like the least for me the free agent move that i like the least uh, I like I don't like Al Horford leaving Boston. I don't like that. No, I don't because I think Al Horford's a good player for them, man, and I don't know who they're gonna get to replace him. You know, so I didn't really like that. Um, what, is that it? Is that they the only? Signed, they signed Ennis Cantor. Come on, bro. Hey, that's the replacement. That's who they got. That ain't no Al, that ain't no replacement for Al Horford. They replace Al Horford and no. Kimball Walker replaced Kyrie. Mm, Kimball Walker replaced Kyrie is could probably happen before, dude. Al Horford, you're not replacing him with Ennis Cantor. No, Enos Cantor doesn't even play defense. He tried. He tried in Portland. He hey, tried. He could get bucks. He get bucks. He could get buckets, but at what cost have you given up buckets? I mean, I feel you, but I'm just saying he can get bucks. Mm. Okay. It ain't like he he he's some slouch who can't get bucks. Yeah, I didn't like the Malcolm Brogdon move either. I, that that was more shocking than I was like, what are they doing? I, that was more shocking than anything. I'm trying to think of it, all the. I'm trying to remember all the free agency moves. I can't. I'm gonna have to pull them up on my. Uh, my my tablet. Okay, so before I do that though, let's move on, man, to the next to another question. Um, the team in the West that that made the playoffs this year that commits it next year. What you got for me? All right, I'm gonna start off by saying uh, the Spurs made the playoffs, and I'm not gonna say they're not gonna make the playoffs. So that's out of the question. <laughs> well, um, I don't know why we yeah. Well, I'm just saying, man, look, man, there is there's a legitimate, you know, saying that the, the West is wide open this year, so it, it, it's gonna be rough to get into the playoffs this year. But I'm not gonna say we're not gonna make it. I'm not gonna I'm gonna rule the, the Spurs out of the question. So without them, uh, well, I mean, easy, the easy answer is okay. So you're not gonna be in the playoffs. Yeah, true. That is true. That's the easy answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the team right there. Even with Chris Paul, I don't know what I don't know what they're. Nah, I'm, I'm, I thought he'd be off that. They have Shea uh, Shea Gildred. What's his name? Shea. Shea Gildred Alexander. Yeah, yeah, they have him. I guess that's their new franchise piece. I don't know OKC, but you're right. They're 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 gone. So you're saying OKC's gonna miss the playoffs? OKC is definitely gonna miss the playoffs. Um. Oh, I know what free agency move you should have liked the least. The Marcus Moore is not going to San Antonio. Well, you know, it is what it is. We signed Trey Lyles. 
Trey Lyles. Hey man, that's all we got. <laughs> yeah, you guys got a lot of players coming back too, though, so that's cool. Yeah, um, we got Dejounte Murray coming, so we're gonna be alright. Oh, the Pacers signed T.J. McConnell too. They did. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be good for them. Um, okay. Yeah, OKC's the only one, man. That's I think, it. I think. I think. Well, actually, well, alright, I got another. Nah, the Warriors are gonna make the playoffs. No way. No way. That's my. That's my. Uh, my outrage. So the so OKC drops out, the Lakers go in, and you think. The, the the playoff eight is the same from last year minus OKC add Lakers. Hello. Yep. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, can, I guess I can see that. That's like you said. That seems to be the easy one. So Sacramento, you think it's still gonna miss? I think Sacramento misses the playoffs. Mm, you don't think they compete with your Spurs for that eighth seed? Nah. You what, what do you guys finish? You think next year, San Antonio? Oh well, you know what? No, 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 no. I'll get to that later. That's later in the show. We're gonna get to the next question, man. So. Being all these free agency, there was a lot of free agency moves, but then there was some huge trades too. And the biggest trade of the summer is Russell Westbrook going to play with James Harden. And I know you heard the podcast that I did about that episode. So I just want to know, I mean, about that trade, but I just want to know, what do you think about it? Because I know you don't like James Harden, but go ahead, man. I think that Russell Westbrook is going to save James Harden. You think he's going to what? I think he's going to save James Harden. Whoa, I didn't expect you to say that. He's a total failure. What do you mean? So, so wait, 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 wait. Save it how? Huh? You say he's gonna save it, right? That's what you said. Yeah, I think he's gonna say. I think, I think, I think together they'll make a. They can make a punch together. Whoa, dude! I never expected you to say that. I never expected you to say that. I do, but <laughs> there's, a, there's a caveat. To there that. is. Oh yeah, hell yeah. There's a caveat to that, and the caveat to that is they need a new coach. Yeah, I agree. They need a new. Yeah, <laughs> D'Antoni's not it, man. If they can that, 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 that preaches, I think they can do it. In today's NBA, I think they can. Yeah, I think so too. That's that's been my main thing is they don't have a coach. Like they don't. D'Antoni is not from what I can gather from everything I hear from this this TV stuff uh, that I watch and the shows that I that I that I listen to. I mean the shows that I watch and what I read. D'Antoni is not a confrontational guy. And with Westbrook in your locker room, you need a coach that's confrontational. And I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna work this year. Now. Of course, this 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 owner that they have, he's I guess he's a guy, he's a hard charger. So if Dan don't Dantoni doesn't have a contract for next year either, as far as I remember, he doesn't have a contract for next year. So I mean, this is a show and prove year for Dantoni, as I think it as as it should be, because if you look at his history, man, like dude, play defense, man, get a team over the hump. We understand you could coach offense, but come on. Yeah. So with the addition of Russ, what 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 player do you think is going to suffer the most or have to sacrifice the most? I'll give you my answer because I think Russ. What? I do. I think everybody's missing this one here. Because I think, because I think Harden, Harden stays at the one, and Russ is going. Russ moves to the two, and he's going to have to play off ball a lot. Like he's going to have to sacrifice having the ball in his hands, which is going to in turn lead to his decrease in assists. Mm. See, I was thinking Eric Gordon is going to have to sacrifice the most because I don't think Russ is going to affect James Harden's shots, right? Because James Harden is the MVP, well, former MVP, but he, he it's his team, and. I think Russell respect that is Harden's team, no doubt. But I think he's gonna take shots from Eric Gordon because Eric Gordon is really that really that second scorer on Houston, aside from Harden, that you could just throw him the ball and he'll just dribble drive or dribble drive step back or you know what I mean? And score buckets, get you some buckets. And I think Russell's gonna take whatever Russell says, I I I heard him when he was speaking on his press conference when he first got signed. And what he was saying was was well and dandy. He was all cool, you know, that I'm a, you know, I can make plays without the ball. But Russ, come on, dog. That first of all, that's not even why do you believe that's why Houston brought them brought him there to to play without the ball? Yeah. Really? Do I believe that's why they brought him? Yeah, you really think that when when Daryl Morey made that trade 
he envisioned like, okay, Russell's gonna play off ball. Okay, so what do you think? You think you think D'Antoni's gonna stagger the lineups? Yeah, he has to, cause Russell's a ball dominant guy, and Russell, don't. Yes, because Russell, dog. The the way they play, they shoot a lot of threes, and the only way that you're gonna be able to get any semblance of an offense with Russell Westbrook on it, any semblance of a D'Antoni offense with Westbrook, Westbrook's gonna have to have the ball in his hands and be a and be a driver kicker. That's what he's that's what he's gonna have to be, if for them to succeed. I've heard a lot, huh? Because he can't shoot. No, he can't shoot, but he can drive. He can dunk. He can attack the rim, and that's valuable, very valuable. And 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 Harden could be a spot up shooter. Yeah. I think you know. I think it could work. Honestly, I think it could work. I'm with you still. At the end of the day, D'Antoni hasn't shown me that he could get to, like he's that championship caliber coach philosophically and everything else. Like he's just yeah, it's cool to score a lot of points, but. Man, we gotta win. We we about winning over here, and Russell and them. I think they're gonna be highly motivated to get something done to win a chip. I don't know, man. I, I still, I, but I still think that Russell ends up having to sacrifice the most because he's going from averaging triple doubles back to back this down to thirty. He's not gonna average triple double next. You don't think he can average a triple double and James Harden still get 28, 29 a game? No. Wow. Not on that team. I think so. I think it can happen. I th- I'm telling you, man. Eric Gordon's gonna be the one that's gonna be like, yeah, man, my game suffered when when Russ came. <laughs> Like, it just wasn't the same for me. I had to figure out a new niche in the team, and it's going to be hard for him. That's what's going to affect. That's what, And I don't know. Everybody keeps saying Houston is the, as strong as they were last year. I don't think so with Russ. I think Russ is going to change up the chemistry. I mean, I don't know if they're, not, if they're going to be weaker per se, but I think we need to wait and see what they look like because Russ is definitely going to shift the chemistry on that team. And the shot selection is going to get divvied up a lot differently than it was last year with Chris Paul, who is more of a true point guard. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised, man. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that you think they can get a chance. They can get to the finals. You didn't say a championship. You said you can get. I didn't say no. I didn't say. Yeah. That, but I do. Say, I do think they can make a finals together. And I was surprised to hear you say that Russ is gonna save Harden's career because I know how you feel about Harden, dog. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't think. I think James Harden's career is Harden. Wow. A failure? I don't know if it's been a failure. That's that's. Not, 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 I'm not gonna say. A, not, I, I guess. Okay. Let me let me let me rescind that statement. Not. I won't say a failure. I think it's been he's un, he has underachieved. Mm. You think he's underachieved? I think I think the, NBA, the MVPs are cool and shit like that. But you think? The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are individuals where you're a champ. Yeah, you're trying to become a champion. So I feel you. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a failure. Underachieved, dude. When James Hart, I don't know. I don't Man, know. Man, James Hart is not the guy, bro. He's not the guy. I disagree. I disagree. I think D'Antoni's not the coach more so than James is not the guy. Man, shrink. Game six, elimination games in Houston, missing, missed 13 threes. Like, no. How much do you put that on the coach, man? How much do I put the blame on the coach? Yeah. Mike D'Antoni's to blame, too. But James Harden, he, he is he's supposed to be your star. He is your star. We'll get it done. Okay, but it's... Listen, man. Me and you, we don't have this. We've been having the same discussion. Jazz. Until you win, you don't win. You know what I mean? You lose until you win. So, yeah. yeah James Harden is what? He's thirty now. He'll be thirty. He'll be thirty. Yeah, he'll be thirty-one. Or no, he is. He'll be thirty-one. So, I just think you gotta let the, the career play out. Like I said, I read the book, The Jordan Rules. I remember we had this conversation. I was talking to you on the phone, and I told you what I found surprising about reading The Jordan Rules was. People were writing Michael Jordan off as not a winner. And I think as somebody who grew up and understands that Jordan accomplished everything and everything and defense player of the year, I think that's very fascinating that in the time around Jordan when he was trying to get his first championship, people were unsure if he could win. So I think to write James Harden off 
is not fair. I think you just gotta let it progress. Now, at the end of his career, when he hangs it up, and if you, you all he can, all, if all he can show for it is, yo, I averaged thirty six, six and six one year, and I, I got the MVP out the game, then I would agree with you. It is a failure. But right now, come on, man, they're still trying to find their process. Don't you agree? Don't you feel? Don't you see that? No, nah, you don't agree. Well, I, I mean, the, the, their book isn't written. You write that they still got. I mean, they 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 the authors. They, yeah. They writing the story of their career, so I mean, art still got time, but. But what you're saying is it's not looking good. <laughs> he ain't the guy. <laughs> you just said for what you for where you're standing, it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good. <sighs> so what you think? You think you think you don't think Russ and Harden can win a championship? I don't know. I won't. I won't go championship. I don't know. I won't go championship because I have to see him do it. I don't, I won't go championship. I don't know, man. I think. I mean, might... if they get it, to, if they can focus on and because they're two of the top, most talented dudes, if they can figure it out and D'Antoni can figure it out, sky's the limit. But the West is hard, man. You got the Clippers. You got LeBron. You got Golden State still. You got the Spurs still. You got Denver still. You got Utah. Like, dude, that ain't easy. And and this is gonna test, in my opinion, what's really gonna show. This season is going to show is going to show what rep, what Russ and Harden are really about. Like, why are they in the game? Because some dudes are in the game, like Carmelo, and we'll get to that later. Because I do want to ask you about that before we go. When we get to the end of the show, I'm gonna ask you about Carmelo. But there's some dudes, like my opinion, like Carmelo, who are about the, or Iverson, and I love Iverson. Nah, I ain't gonna say that about Iverson, but Carmelo, you know what I'm saying? They're about their money. They want to get their paper, and there's nothing wrong with getting your paper. And some dudes are all about themselves. Like, I want to win the MVP. I want to win this. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But the question comes, man, once you've done all that, you don't got that chip. You know what I mean? So we're going to see. Based on how they play together, I think is we're going to tell what they're really about. You feel me? I feel you. And I, and I think by Christmas, we'll be able to tell if Westbrook and Harden are dedicated to, are going to do what it takes to win championships. Not just lead the league in statistical categories and get triple doubles and win MVPs. And, and you know, whatever. All right, man. Yeah. All right, man. So, next next question I got for you. Uh, who's your early favorite to come out of the East? Since the West is loaded, uh, we'll talk about the West in a second, but I want to start with the East. Because I think the East might be a little early, bit easier. Huh? Early favorite to come out the East. Yeah. Philly. I got Philly coming out the East. Philly. I got Philly coming out the East because they added Al Horford, and I think that is that is a he's more than he's a he's more than uh, he's more than able to fill in for Joel Embiid if he's not there. Okay, so that leads me right into my next question, and so we're gonna do this a little bit a different way. So since since you said Philly and you spoke about Al Horford, my next question then is, what does the Al Horford signing say to you about Joel Embiid's future in Philly? I think that it says that the Philly management there. Their front office has genuine concerns about whether John B can stay healthy, mm. and I don't think they're they're willing to risk. They're willing to put put that put them a trip to the finals or a trip to a championship on the line. So I think they got a that's their backup. That's their safety net in Al Horford. Yeah, yeah, you know I I think so too. My my pick to come out the East. I'm not gonna say Philly because I need to see how Philly's gonna play. I need to see. To me, what 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 the Al Horford signing says to me. Is that they're they're going to be moving forward with Ben Simmons short, sooner rather than later? That's what it says to me. Now I don't know nothing, but for what I can gather, they're going to go because Ben Simmons is more healthy. He's got more potential. The league is centered around like you could look to other examples around the league of guys that play the way Ben Simmons would have to play. Philadelphia could win a chip with Ben Simmons, I believe. Um, I don't trust Joel Embiid. You know how I feel about Joel Embiid. This past playoffs to me was just an indictment on him, dog. Like, yeah, he had the one game when he had thirty three and thirteen. Nah. 
It just wasn't that he was hurt. He was missing games. Joel, man, get it together. I don't know what his diet was. I don't know what he does in his personal life. But get it together because I am of the opinion, and you know this, the Sixers should build around Ben Simmons. I believe the Sixers should trade Joel Embiid and move to Ben, build around Ben Simmons. What What do you think about that idea, trading Joel Embiid? Hold on, hold on. So who's your, wait, before. before oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even get to that. Oh, my pick to come out the East? Probably, uh, I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think the path has been clear for Greek Freak. I think Greek Freak gonna put the work in. You know, I think that's what it is. Only because, only because though, I don't think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can play together. That's the only reason why I'm picking Milwaukee because I don't believe Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can play together. They can't coexist because they need this. They need. They both need the same parts of the floor to be effective players. But I think Ben Simmons, if you move Joel Embiid out of the way, Ben Simmons could do a lot more for your whole entire team that could lead you to a chip. But go ahead. So do you think that do you think that Ben Simmons and Al Horford can coexist? Yeah, I think they can coexist because Al Horford can shoot the three, and Al Horford, you know, he doesn't he doesn't need to be a volume scorer. Like he doesn't need he doesn't need the ball. He, he could get it, little dunk putbacks or a little jump shot on the baseline here or there or whatever. But he is like Joel Embiid, dog. You're dumping it into him. You're letting him back down, get take three dribbles in the post, spin and make a move. You know what I mean? And that to me is to the detriment of what Ben Simmons could do for your team. No, that's why. But that's why I think that with the addition of Al Horford, if they play with them lineups right and they get their rotations right, they can come through. I think they can do it. You think they can? If, but if that, is, if that is their problem, is that Jan Vincent are are conflicting with each other on the court? I think they are. You don't. You have it. You have another option in Al Horford. Yeah, I think they are, and I think that's why I think they signed Al Horford because they understand. And in Joel Embiid's availability, like you said, they're not going to hitch their championship wagon to this dude. Yeah. <laughs> like even the playoffs is on, this dude's like, oh, my stomach hurts. Like, what do you mean your stomach hurts, bruh? You better suck it up. We're trying to win a chip. So, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think, yeah, you're right. I think Philly's seen the movies on him, man. <laughs> Philly's with him every day. They're like, yeah, this dude. Let's go out here, get Al Horford, pay Al Horford big money. Let's sign Joel Embiid. I mean, let's sign Ben Simmons. We already gave Joel Embiid his contract. So when his contract is up or whatever, we'll get close to moving him or trade him. That's what I think should, should happen and is going to happen. But the question for you that I have is, would you trade Embiid? Right now? Yeah, right now. <laughs> you're in love with that dude, man. No. <laughs> you're in love with that dude, man. This dude can miss mad games and you're still in love with him, man. Man, Joel Embiid is nice, man. Yeah, when he's healthy. Joel Embiid is nice, bro. Yeah, he, he is. Stop playing with that man. I'm not. Playing with that man, bro. I, look. Nah. Availability is in question, whatever. But when he is available, he's nice, bro. Yeah, man, yeah. That man give you 25 and 20, bro. He's nice. Yeah, regular season. But in the playoffs, he was averaging like like not even 20, I don't think. He was injured. And that's the problem. Ben Simmons wasn't. But Ben Simmons is suffering because we got to play through you when your bum self is on the court and you're lagging. <laughs> and then we had, we had Jimmy Butler. They thought, I think they cleared the decks for, Joe, for Ben Simmons to have a great season next year and take over this team. That's what I think is going to happen. This is going to be Ben Simmons' team going forward. Everybody, oh, Ben Simmons don't have a jump shot. Listen, man, even with a jump shot, Ben Simmons still can't play on the same court with Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons with a jump shot is Joel Embiid who could pass. A lot better, though. You feel me? Like, they're the same player in, in reality. I know they don't do the same things. Ben Simmons, I mean, Joel Embiid's more of a back-to-the-basket. He's seven feet. I get what you're saying. I get that, but think about what Ben Simmons is not a great elite shooter he needs to drive dribble drive he could post up too they literally do the same stuff dog they have two of the same player and Joel Embiid analytically what he does you can find somebody else to, you can find another seven footer to protect the rim and just roll with Embiid I mean just roll with Ben Simmons 
and just go win a chip, man. Philly needs to do that because they're going to blow it. Philly, they, they, they did the whole thing with the process. They finally got a couple of players. Just don't blow it. Keep Ben Simmons, trade him B for future picks because some dummy will take him. Trade him to Phoenix. They'll take him. And go win your chip. Say what? <coughs> I'm sorry? You said trade him to Phoenix. I'm saying trade him somewhere with somebody who's going to overpay for him because he's hurt. And they say he got. He, they say that the word is he's got degenerative knees. He's got a back problem. I don't know if his diet is the best. Like, come on. Jazz. Seven-footers don't get... Go ahead. Send that man to New York. Send him to New York. Wherever he, whatever's not in Philly and whatever's off your team that will allow... And, and whatever will allow Ben Simmons to flourish is what Philly needs to do. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I want to ask you this, too. Um, see, so that was... Um, did you watch the Stephen A. Smith, Carmelo Anthony interview? I watched, I did, I watched parts of it. Okay. So the parts that you watched, like, what did you get it from? Like, what was your impression? Um, I think Melo would go and retire. <laughs> yeah, I felt like he was, I felt like that was a, I'm a fan, but to me, it just wasn't a good look for him to be sitting up there and talking about how, you know, it took him until he was out of the league to realize like, oh man, it's okay for me to come off the bench. I'm like, Melo, that's exactly why you're not yeah. on the team now. Melo, Melo, he, he said that he he was finally starting to accept his role of coming off the bench in yeah. Houston. Yeah. Bro, you, you should have been coming off the bench when you went to OKC. Yeah. Guy, like, what, what do you mean, man? Like, what do you mean? I'm finally starting to accept it. Like, and that, and you're right. That's why his, he probably got to Houston. They had, the, they had their 10 games or whatever they had him for. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> He really think he nice like that. Yeah, there was a lot of things when I watched it because I watched it and then I went back and I listened to the podcast of it. And one thing, man, about Melo, I just feel like Melo came in the league because he speaks to this uh, during the interview. He speaks to like, I don't know if you saw this part, but he speaks to like how he had like a street mentality because it was because Stephen A. asked him, so you signed a five year, yeah, eighty five million dollar deal when you could have set yourself up to be a free agent with LeBron and D Wade. And he was like, and he was like, well, that was just an idea. Like nobody had did nothing yet. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, Melo, you kind of sound stupid because it was an idea for them too. They just put themselves in a position to execute the idea if certain things didn't go their way. You, he was like, he was like, I had a street mentality. I wasn't leaving no money on the table. I, I couldn't see where the league was going at the time and this and that. I'm like, that's it right there, Melo. That's and I'm like, dog, you're showing everybody why you're not in the league. And now you're saying you you want to be in the league and you're ready to accept the role, man. I think his ship is sailed. They were saying that they think he's going to get on the team. I think Max Kellerman said that. Oh, I think he's going to get on the team. Melo's not getting on the team, man. Nobody wants Melo. Nobody wants a guy who has a mid-range game, a ball-dominant game, and a game that's all about three-point shooting and dunking. You know what I mean? And a guy who doesn't play any defense. Like, what is Melo going to do? Like, basketball-wise. What is Melo going to do on any team? So, I do think I do think that there's one team that Melo can Who is that? If he, wants, if he really wants to hoop, bro, there's one team, but I think they've already said that they're not picking him up, and I think that he should go play for the USA team. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they don't want Melo. Yeah, that's the, that's the only place, I think, where he should go hoop, bro, because you're right, man. Like, he, he the, his game, he's ISO, post-up, back to basket, so he can take up the dribble. Yeah. No, no, the league ain't like that no more. No. <laughs> like, the league doesn't play how you play anymore, and you tried to adjust your game, and it didn't work. I just feel bad. For, part of me does feel bad for him, but another part of me is like, Melo, man, you win the game. You knew what's happening. You just thought, I'm going to get my money. I'm going to score these buckets, and that's going to keep me relevant. And you probably didn't take, and what I, and one thing I noticed, because similarly, like, in your, what I, what I tried to related to was like, when you get into the military, because we both were in the military, the military is a career, it's like the NBA is a career. In the military, dog, in order for you to become chief master sergeant or whatever, that's that's the equivalent to being a great player in, in, the, in the NBA. It's more than just being good at your job 
It's a, it's a whole lot of other stuff that goes with it. I'm sure you can attest to that. It's asses you got to kiss. Like, it's hands you got to rub. It's people that you got to be cool with. So that, you know what I mean? When the time comes, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll put Airman Leal up for this. Or we'll put Airman Collins. You see what I'm saying? And I just don't think. Yeah, basically, I don't think Melo played the NBA game. I don't think he tried to be cool with a GM or this. He keeps saying he was a good teammate. I'm like, yeah, Melo, but in what sense? I can say I'm a good worker. I show up. I do my work. I go home. But that may be good enough for me. You know what I mean? I may not cause any problems in the office, but for some people, dog, that when you you have that mentality in some workspaces, they might be like, yo, man, what's up with this guy? You may not think you're a bad teammate, but some other people might have a different opinion of you. I'm sure George Carl would have a different opinion of Carmelo Anthony. I'm sure he's had a different opinion of Carmelo Anthony, right? Yep, Chauncey Billups had a different opinion. Yeah, when he was younger. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, Melo, you about you. You about getting your money. You was a street kid. You was like, yo, I'm about to play ball. I'm about to get this money. As long as I'm averaging 25 a game, ain't nobody going to trip. And guess what, dog? You stopped not... The, the league changed. <laughs> the league changed. And everybody else watched it change. LeBron watched it change because LeBron wasn't It wasn't a three-point shooter. He watched the league. He saw. Yo, man, man, the next generation of players, they're shooters. I need to become a shooter if I want to play. <laughs> Man, LeBron yeah. Even a yeah, and LeBron can shoot threes now, like for real, <laughs> huh? Yes, he can. Yeah, so it's like Melo, come on, man. Like you didn't put the work in to make yourself better because you thought you had it all figured out. That's what happened. Like you're sitting on national TV trying to blubber and cry, and I'm not even. I'm, I'm, I don't have no sympathy for that crap. You made money, man. You made your money. You wanted to go to New York. You didn't want to try to. Oh, I, he said. He said. He said. Uh, so, what do you think people would say? Your career has not been as good as LeBron's or whatever. He said. I never had teams like those guys. Man, Melo, shut up, dude. Like that right there, literally wanted me to like scream at the TV or the computer. I'm like, yo, man, just shut up. You yo, Melo, you. Like, what did you ever hear about Melo? Like, yo, Melo's trying to put a team together. Melo's making calls. Come on, man. You never heard about that stuff, right? Nope, Melo went to New York and got his money. That's what I'm saying. That's all Melo wanted, dog. Melo wanted his money. That's all Melo wanted. Yes, like he got it. That's what I'm saying. He, he wanted it. He got it. The NBA said, cool, we paid you. You aren't any use of us no more, but we paid you. Now go on. He's like, yo, I don't know what happened. I don't know, man. Melo, you know what happened, man. You know what happened. Stop lying. And that's what makes me mad. Like, we're grown men. We we try to have careers. We try to have lives and stuff. Like, when we really be like, yo, man, I don't know what happened. I don't know why my, my wife left me. I don't know why I got fired from that job. I don't know why the NBA don't want me no more. You know, man. Look yourself in the face and just be like, look, my wife left me because I'm an asshole. I cheated on her. I never wanted to spend time with her. I was always working. So she left. You know what I mean? Like, be be honest with yourself. And Melo's not being honest with himself. Nope. Yeah. So, yo, man, last thing, well, a couple things, but second to last thing. Did you see the uh, all-NBA teams, the all-decade NBA teams? I did not. Oh, yo, Kobe made all for so they did it from 2010 to 2019. Kobe made all-NBA 13. Looking at all-decade teams? Yeah, all-decade teams. Yeah, look it up. First team, Steph, James Harden, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. Okay, second team, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Andy Davis, Blake Griffin, Carmelo. Third team, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Paul George. And yeah, hold on, bro. Who made this list? Wow, so what don't you agree with? I agree with Kobe being on third team, by the way. What? Kobe Bryant, all NBA, all, NBA, all decade 13 from 2016 to 2019, dude. That's the decade we're talking about. We're not talking about 2000 to 2010. We're talking about... 2010 to 2019. Kobe's 13. Okay, okay. Oh, I was yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kobe fans be like, oh, Kobe, Kobe. Man, listen, dude. Kobe played three good seasons in those, you know what I mean? His last six years. Kobe was hurt. 
the fact that he, the fact that they put him on All NBA third team was probably just like, yo, it's Kobe. We gotta put him on it. Cause I don't think he deserves it. You don't think he deserves to be on there at all? No. By the time 2010, 2012, 30, 2013 came along, it was a whole new list of dudes we was talking about. No disrespect to Kobe, but the Lakers were losing. We weren't even paying him any mind. Come on, man. Kobe was living off legacy, and that's no disrespect to Kobe because he won championships in this decade or championship. So I'm not going to hate on Kobe, but what I'm saying is for this specific decade, third team is appropriate. It might be too much in my estimation and that, you know, what else, do you have any issues with anything else of it? I mean, he was still putting up. And so in 2009, 2010, he had 20, he averaged 27. 2010, 11, he averaged 25. That's the first year. 11, 12, he averaged. Okay. Now go after that. 12, 12 13, he averaged 28 or 27. Okay. Then 13, 14, he averaged 13. No, he averaged 14. Uh, 14, 15, he averaged 22. Yeah. And 15, 16, he averaged 17. Yeah. He was coming down. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying it's the twilight. It wasn't from. Okay, I, I, I have no problem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was starting to come down. That's all. I'm, that's that's the only point I was ever trying to make. Like it's not that. Yeah, and if you would have done all decade from 2000 to 2010 or 2009, I'm sorry, you would have a whole different comp, a different argument because Kobe was an entirely different player. The league was different. So I don't think he should be 13. You have any other beefs or anything else? Yeah, I do. I got another beef with someone on the 13. Uh oh. Lamarcus Aldridge. Why is he even on there? Yo, man, because he's putting up buckets. He's putting up man. bucks. That man is fraudulent. Yeah, well, you're a Spur fan, dog. You have some special pain. Why? He really? Yeah. Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. Oh, decade third team. Come on, man. That's fair. Who would you put above him? Where's Tim Duncan? First team, right? Tim Duncan's not on there. Whoa, Tim Duncan didn't make it. Yeah. Tim Duncan didn't make any of the list. Hold on. How did we not? How did we miss that? That's what I'm saying, bro. What's going on here? Nah, nah, nah. Well, hold on. Timmy D must not been at the top then, but when 2010 came around. Because he retired the same year as Kobe, right? Another title in 2014. Yeah, but was he... See, the thing about it, was he was he Timmy D at that point, though? Was he still, like, the Tim Duncan that we remember from the first... Like I said, from... two, Like I said, from once again, that's he's another one. From two, from 2000 to 2009, he's all-decade first team. Yeah, I mean... So but you but you were Spurs. I get it, man. That's your squad. So who? So you would take off LaMarcus Aldridge and you would put Tim Duncan on that all-decade third team? Yeah, if you're going to give, like, a nod to Kobe... Kobe or whatever, yeah. Mm. He, was still, he yeah, but you gotta think this though it's for the whole entire decade. But I do think you probably could put him over Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, it, it is for the whole decade, but Kobe only takes six years. And three of them were mediocre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. The Kobe thing was just like, I think they put him up there because it's Kobe. And they just like, oh, we can't leave Kobe. But I'm like, you could have left Kobe off the all-decade team. You really could have left yeah, him off if this. You Kobe, if you get Kobe that now, you got that. I, and guess what, man? Once again, the Spurs fan you that you are, you're making another good basketball point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, man, because you're right. Like, yo, I, didn't, I forgot Tim Duncan was even on there. They snubbed him. Well, speaking of Tim Duncan, we're going to close the show out, man, because we're just about over an hour or so. About to close the show out, Jazz. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts, man, because the Spurs fan that you are, you know what I'm saying? I know you wouldn't like to scream it from the mountaintop. What can we expect from your boys next year, man? Because I know you you be plugged in. You watch Summer League. You keep up with everything Spurs. So what can we expect from them next realistically? Year, yeah. Realistically now. Realistically, I think you can expect Spurs around the five to seven. Okay. 
That's not bad. I think I think we'll get I think I think we can be a second round playoff team for sure and then possibly a conference finals team. But the that's, different, that's a big problem. I think what people forget sure. about y'all though is that y'all, everybody's high on Denver, which I don't I think Denver is just because they play in Denver. I think Denver will always be Denver. But people forget that y'all took everybody's high on Denver. Everybody thinks, oh Denver's gonna be better, they're gonna have more experience, this and that. And I say this, yo, San Antonio took them seven games last year, man, with DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. So I think you guys have something to build upon. We sure do. We got Lonnie Walker. It's another another year for him. This is his sophomore season. I think he's gonna take. I think he's gonna take a step forward. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna make a, make a, become a key part of our rotation this year. We got Derek White. This is his third season. We got Dejounte Murray coming back from ACL. Our starting point guard. We're gonna have. I think. I think you can expect this first to have one of the best backcourts in the league next year. Mm. And Dejounte Murray and Derek White. Uh, Dejounte Murray. He's one of the. He got he's the youngest player named to all all defensive before his ACL injury. So I think I think he's gonna pick up right where he left. Yeah, well y'all in the West, man, it's gonna be a lot of guards uh that you have to guard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think I think being being that we're gonna have a good defensive backcourt, I think that's what in 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 firm in the Yo man, I didn't ask you I didn't ask you who, who you who you had coming out the West. We talked about the East. Who'd you have coming out the West in the finals? You said uh the Sixers in the West. You said who do I got coming out the West? Yeah, to go to the finals. Because you said you had the Sixers coming out the East. Yeah, dude. And I ain't gonna pick against them, man. You know who I'm gonna say. The Clips. The Clips. The Clips, dog. They're here. They're here. Because of Kawhi, <laughs> bro. Kawhi is the guy. He's that dude, bro. He's the man. Yeah. I agree with you. The Clips are here, man. That's what it's about. Yeah, I think it's the Clips. I think, I think they can, they're gonna come out the West. But yeah, man. So uh, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, dog. I hope to have you on more, especially during the basketball season, because it's gonna be a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Gonna have to have you back. Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime, dog. You're always welcome. But anyways, y'all, thank you for listening to the Demo Tape Podcast. I try to release the podcast at least once a week. You can find the Demo Tape on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Stitcher Radio. After you subscribe to the show, make sure you rate and review the show because I want to know what you all think of the show. So until next week, y'all, peace.